Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There's just something about a bowling alley. The squeak of the rented shoes against the lane, the drop and whir of the ball as it races towards the pins, the video games and snack machines that still take quarters. Even the fanciest of bowling venues with 2023 technology still give you a feel like you're in your buddy's rec room. And for me, that's always been part of the charm. Bowling is a skill that most anyone can harness at any age. I can't dunk a basketball or hit a home run or run a mile without having my doctor on speed dial, but I can get a strike, maybe even a couple. And it's that kind of exact entry point that has kept folks like us populating the lanes and joining honest-to-goodness leagues throughout the years. Bowling, I would say probably behind soccer, is one of the most participated sports in the entire world. You know, one of the longest standing. I mean, the Egyptians were bowling back in the pyramid days. The Chicago area itself has a long connection to bowling, having boasted a whopping 230 alleys around 1910. And that's long before bowling became a mainstay on local and national television for decades. But because bowling isn't as high profile as an Olympic sport, yet, you may not know that Chicagoland's latest claim to bowling fame just won the highest honor that one can possibly achieve, a gold medal at the Pan Am Games in Santiago, Chile, last month. I had tears rolling out my eyes a little bit because I, I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't supposed to go to the Pan Am Games. But it, just, it was just wild. Everything that has transpired this year, and then for my year to kind of end off like that, I couldn't have asked for anything else. I'm Jim Hankey, and this week, it's the story of local boy A.J. Johnson and how he went from Oswego to the Andes Mountains, becoming the world's best bowler. Let's get looped in, Chicago. So what you're about to hear is WBBM sports reporter Rick Gregg sitting down with A.J. Johnson, member of the Professional Bowlers Association since 2015 and recent winner of the gold medal in singles bowling. The Pan Am Games are literally the highest professional level of the sport, and A.J.'s story on how he got there is not only unique, but rather inspiring. Recorded at Parkside Lanes in Aurora, you'll hear him today describe how intrinsic Parkside was to his growth, not just as a bowler, but as a human. You'll also learn how AJ got to compete for gold in the first place, what advice he gives to younger bowlers, and why the sport has yet to achieve Olympic-level status. Enjoy. 
I guess I'll start with this. You know, we walked in here and a school group was leaving. Yeah. All those kids were leaving because gym classes uh, will have bowling here, etc. And so I guess I'll start with, is this where you started and is that how you started? But I think I know now that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, so the, the bowling center that we're at, Parkside Lanes, it's where I started bowling. You know, I have deep-rooted family ties uh, to this place. Uh, I learned how to walk in the in the carpeted area. My parents met here. My grandparents met here. My grandfather used to work as a bouncer in the, the pool hall in the bar area uh, behind the counter. My grandmother used to run a lot of the women's leagues. My dad was secretary of the men's leagues. I've been here, you know, quite a bit. This is where I learned how to bowl. You know, my dad would do the money at night. I get the lanes for, you know, however long it took him to do the money. And, and that was when I, you know, would learn to bowl and I would just practice and practice all night long. You know, I bowled junior leagues here. And, you know, this is just where everything started for me. You know, from the time that I was two, three years old, all the way until, you know, I left for college. This was, you know, the majority of the time of where I bowled. They say you can get good at anything by practicing enough, but you got really good. How'd you get really good? School got in the way of me wanting to do sports, is how I looked at it. Uh, I had to, I had to go to school. I had to make sure everything was, you know, was as good as it possibly could because that was something that my family had instilled in me. And they told me that I couldn't have sports unless my schoolwork and my grades were as good as they were. I got through it, did well. You know, I like to say I was a pretty smart kid, but yeah, school got in the way of me playing sports. Whatever I found myself doing, I dedicated myself to it and wanted to be the best at it no matter what and I would have to beg my dad to go and practice like we would be sitting at home I would beg my dad let's can we go bowl can we go bowl can we go bowl you know if it was football season dad can we go can we go to the field can I throw you routes can I punt can I do all that stuff to you and I would like I just wanted to always be doing something and I don't want to be back in high school for too long because that I'm sure is a little (laughs) while ago but you you are you are you're a built dude so you said football what else did you play uh, football, uh, baseball, basketball, and uh, and bowling uh, at, at Oswego High School, the the real Oswego High School. Yeah, I was uh, I was a three sport athlete, um, pretty much all four years, and I was a part of the group that actually started the bowling program at Oswego High School, so that we had something that to bowl for during high school as well. And it's not just the kids that here who come for you know gym class. You know better than I do because you are in this world, but it seems that. In Illinois, at least, high school bowling has taken on kind of a life of its own. It's become a very important sport in the winter. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I hadn't even realized it when we started the program, how big it actually was. I just knew that every school in our conference had a boys bowling team. And I was like, well, I know those kids that are bowling on those teams. I bowl against them in leagues and I've gone to tournaments and stuff. I told our athletic program, the group of guys that we had, I said, if you guys give us a program, we promise you we will not lose to them. And they kind of laughed at us. And we're like, yeah, okay, like, I don't think you guys really understand. And they didn't until they gave us a team, and we went undefeated the first two years and never lost a match in our conference. And then they got the idea. But I didn't realize how big it was until we went to state, and I'm seeing all these schools from around the state of Illinois. I didn't realize how big it was, and I seen it, I'm like, wow, like this was a great thing for us to get this started because now we've given kids an opportunity in our area to to have this available to them. And not many kids realize like how much scholarship money they can earn by bowling tournaments outside of high school. High school, I think, does a great job of getting them bowling all the time, getting the practice in, getting the reps in, getting better throughout a season. And then when they bowl stuff outside of high school, the amount of scholarship money that they can earn 
it, it's pretty crazy. And when I tell people, you know, what I ended up having uh, when it was all said and done, they're mind blown. When you say outside of school, do you mean like tournaments or tournaments for high schoolers that aren't school sponsored? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So it the I don't know how other uh, states uh, work, but I know in the IHSA, you're not allowed to bowl tournaments that you can earn scholarship money during the high school bowling season. So when you're outside of season, you can go and bowl whatever you want to bowl that's available to you. I think I had somewhere around just just shy of six figures to put away for college and I didn't have to pay for school because of it. I earned a scholarship and then on top of the, mo the scholarship money that I had earned from those tournaments, I didn't have to pay for college and it's been pretty nice knowing that because of that and and now, like, I understand I was pretty fortunate. Um, you know, I have very supportive parents, and no matter what I would decide to do, if I would decide I wanted to play ping pong, they would have been behind me the whole way, you know, practicing and whatever they could, take me to competition and stuff. But they always made sure to get me to where I needed to go for, for events, for any sport that I played. And then being able to travel on the weekends and go to tournaments with me, uh, taking me to tournaments to or in order to earn all that so that I could set myself up for the best future going forward as possible. You went to McKendree and yeah. I say this with all kinds of love in my heart for Southern Illinois. I <laughs> went to I went to SIU Garbondale. I lived in Marion for three years after that. I married a girl from Alton in Wood River. My in-laws still live down there. My sister-in-law is in Bethalto. You know all these cities I'm mentioning, and yes. I'm mentioning them to ask this. Why is bowling so popular at McKendry, and is it because there's nothing else to do? <laughs> <laughs> there's not a whole lot around that area. Lebanon, Le Lebanon, right? Yeah, Lebanon, Illinois is a very small town, but I loved it there. You know, I never really quite understood why... You know, some of these smaller schools had such great bowling programs. I mean, the biggest, the biggest school, I think, on the men's side that has one of the best programs for the amount of titles that they've won is Wichita State. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big university. But outside of them, a lot of the schools that, that have successful bowling programs are smaller universities, uh, much like McKendree. Um, and I loved being at McKendree, you know, the feel of the area, you know, I felt like I was at home, but I was away from home. I was still somewhat close enough if I wanted to go home, I could, but I rarely ever did. Those schools care about all the sports that they have. And so that really mattered to me as well. You know, not only do they have a great basketball program and a football program, but they care about their bowling program as well. And they treat it as a true sport, which, which I valued very, very highly. I was mainly joking about McKendree, <laughs> but you uh, you know, the whole reason we're doing this is because you just came back from Chile with a gold medal in your pocket from the Pan Am Games, which is pretty awesome. But one of your bowling teammates, at least, I didn't check everybody, but at least one of them also is from McKendree, the, uh, uh, one of the women who, who, who was yeah. successful. Yeah. So that's where it got to me, like, you know, they must be doing something right down there. Yeah, McKendree was, was a, a great school before I, before I even went there. And when I got there, you know, one of the things I told our head coach was, you know, I want to win a national title with this school. I want to bring a team title back to this university. We we did everything we could. Um, I helped recruit guys by, you know, kids that I was bowling against in the Wisconsin area, the Illinois area, even the national when you know, I would go to Junior Gold and say, hey, you want to come bowl with me at McKendree? And I got a lot of good players from that. You know, a lot of guys that I, I still consider great friends of mine who we still go and have golf trips with and, and all that fun stuff. At that point in time, like, I hadn't had a true coach until I went to college. My coach was my dad. And my, when I went to McKendree and worked with Dennis Knepper, 
was when I really started to get good with him helping me bowling on the patterns that we bowl on in college. And, and, it, and it shows. I mean, yet one of the girls that went to Chile with us, she wasn't there when I was in school. She's a little younger than I am, but she graduated from McKendry with, I mean, she was All-American. She, she was one of the best NCAA players in, in college bowling uh, during her time. So, yeah, it's, it just shows, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of good that comes from that program for sure. So tell me about life as a professional bowler. We've been sitting here talking. You get to see the world, I can tell, but I'm sure there's a lot of work involved too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been to 19, 20 different countries uh, since I've been a professional bowler. But, yeah, it's we do everything ourselves. So the planning, uh, you know, the, the travel arrangements, figuring our schedules out to what we're going to eat before and after and, and uh, you know, setting up our, you know, hotel or Airbnbs and who we're going to be staying with and, you know, traveling from one event to the next if we have back-to-back events and, you know, how that all is going to look. We, we have to do all that ourselves. We don't have... You know, like these NFL, NBA, MLB players, we don't have somebody that takes care of that for us, and we just we just show up when whenever they tell us to. I wish it was that way, because that would be that make things way easier. And, it, and it's supposed to be that way at the professional level. We kind of joke and say that we're at the bottom of the totem pole or the laughing stock, and 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 it, it kind of sucks in a way. But I really feel like it's getting better. It's on the up for us for sure. Well, I mean, you know, I'd see bowling on television all a long time, all the way back when I was a kid. It's a popular Sunday afternoon or whenever uh, television program. Is that not the case anymore? Or? Ever since Fox took over, Fox has done a great job of, of making sure that, you know, they want us on TV. They want to give us those time slots and they want bowling to be in the spotlight. You know, we no longer have to compete against NFL on Sunday mornings or in the afternoon or, you know, any other major sport that people are going to tune into those versus bowling. You know, back in the day when it was on, on Saturday mornings, right before the wide world of sports, bowlers and bowling was making more money than golfers, football players, baseball players, all of them. And, you know, we've kind of gone underneath where, you know, now you've got MLB players that are signing 400, 350, 500 million dollar contracts. You know, that would be that, that would be super nice if we had that. But I, I really feel like, you know, we're, with where we're at, you know, and where we're trying to get to, I think things are on the improvement. Things are on the up and up from where they were, you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago where it really wasn't all that great. You know, since Bolero took over, you know, we're working with them to try to get more and have the um, resources a lot more available to us you know what I mean by that is just you know having more payouts and, and increasing the money every year throwing more money back into their professional organization things like that call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Pan-American Games. Yeah. 
Tell me about Chile. Chile is uh, absolutely beautiful. I hadn't realized where we were going to be at until we got there. And the area of, uh, of where they had the athlete village and where we were going to be going to be competing was right in the middle of the Andes Mountains. So every morning I got up, every afternoon we were walking around the village. Anywhere you turned, all you saw was just mountain ranges. And it was absolutely beautiful. The people there were extremely nice. I met a police officer that was super helpful and had realized that we were competing with Team USA and, and he thought we were the coolest people in the world. I mean, I gave him a jersey at the end. I mean, I for sure made a friend for life out of him and they wanted to take care of us you know just as much as we wanted to kind of show respect to them for their country for allowing us to come over there and compete so yeah I mean I I really enjoyed my time there and, and being in the athlete village and being a part of the Pan Am Games I really didn't know a whole lot about like what all that was going to entail when I got there I don't know that I've ever really felt more like a true athlete than when I was there the resources that we had available to us, the sports medicine, the the recovery room, the uh, massage uh, therapists, the chiropractors, just being in the athlete village, like I never, you know, a gym readily available to us. Like I, I never, we've never had that before. And I felt like a true athlete. I really felt like we were at the Olympics, which the Pan Am Games is the closest that bowling will get to the Olympics, you know, for us. So. Yeah, I, I really tried to, you know, take in my time and really enjoy my time that I got to spend there. And you had to do some work. You had to go inside and do some work, That's and right. you did That's quite right. a bit of it. Tell me about the process leading up to the final match. Oh, I mean, it was wild. It seemed like you rolled, like, 12 games or something like that before you actually played. The 16. We bowled eight games of doubles the first day. Uh, so basically it was your eight games, your partner's eight games combined for a 16-game total and then the top three medal. Um, for singles, you bowled eight games one day, came back the next day, bowled eight games that day, and uh, and then the top four then make it into the medal round where you bowl a three-game total pinfall match. Uh, winners move on to the gold medal match, and then the losers eventually, and they, they get bronze. So. You, were, you were the third seed, right? I was uh, going to the final yeah. four. That was the third seed, yeah. Um, and just getting to that point was it was pretty difficult in trying to figure out what the lanes were asking of us. You know, there's Brian O'Keefe, the head coach of Team USA. You know, there's a reason why he is as good as he is because he has an ability to figure things out and see things in a different light than the players do. And, you know, we have to have that trust and, and, and trust in him to give us that information. And then he also has to have to have the trust in us to be able to look at him and, and commit to what it is that he wants us to do. Um, and so he is, he's incredible. I got, I've gotten to work with him with being a part of Junior Team USA, Team USA for, you know, nine years now that I've been a part of the program. And then also at McKendree when he came in to, to be the head of bowling at, at McKendree. So I have a lot of trust in him. And he actually told me to grab a ball out of my bag the last day of qualifying that I hadn't thrown the whole time. Hadn't thrown it. Didn't think it would look very good. It didn't look good the first day when I threw it in a couple of fill balls. And that ball ended up being the right answer for when we started the first few games so we call that the fresh mm -hmm. which is you know right after practice you know when the lanes haven't transitioned very much mm -hmm. you know the first three games I bowled three of my higher games than I did the last two days combined so that was that was pretty incredible and then that same ball was the only ball I used in my matches for the uh, for the semifinals and then the finals for him to have that answer, it work out, and then for that to be, you know, what eventually led to, you know, what ended up happening was, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild because they they were hard. 
the bowling center we bowled in hadn't been used in two years. And then we come in there a month before they get it ready for us and everything, which kudos to them for doing all that they did for us to, to be able to do that. But yeah, it was it, it was very uh, very taxing on the uh, on the mental game side of it and the uh, trying to figure out like what the lanes were asking of us to, to be able to strike consistently. Were there nerves? I always get nervous before I bowl. Big events too. You know, I I always tell everybody if you don't if you don't get nervous, then it doesn't mean anything to you. So what was it like then? when you won what do you remember or is it all like a blur um yeah i mean everything it kind of runs together but the way it happened was pretty crazy um you know the guy bowled uh mitch hupe from canada he had probably one of the best looks if not the best look out of everyone in the field the whole time i mean he once he kind of figured out you know what the lanes were asking he he struck at will i mean and he bowled some great games to get there so I knew going into that match that I was going to need to figure out a way to strike, you know, five, six, seven times a game in order to stay in this match. Uh, and the first game, we, you know, we were going back and forth. He bowled 260, I bowled 240. The second game, uh, which was pretty crazy, I'm like, you know, I, I need to have something big here because I need to, I need to make sure I need to, you know, get this close or, you know, take over the lead a little bit because it's a three-game total pinfall match. And uh, I shoot the only 300 in the tournament that game and it was kind of weird was like because he also shot another 260 so when I shot the 300 like I couldn't really get excited about it as anyone would because I had one more game and I only had a three pin lead That's crazy. Like, he bowled 260 260 I bowled 240 300 and I've got a three pin lead so the last game you know I, I felt like my look was getting better um, and I and I had thought maybe his look was starting to get a little bit you know, they were starting to transition a little bit more for him in, in where he was playing the lanes. So I just needed to make some really great shots down the stretch. And eventually, you know, I bowled 250 the last game and he bowled 190. And, you know, just a lot of emotion came out. Um, Did I mean, you scream? Did you fall to the floor? You no, know, I went down to my knees. You know, I, I, I finished the 10th frame and I came back behind the tables, you know, in the carpeted area and, and just kind of went down to my knees for a little bit just because, like, Everything that has happened to me throughout this whole year, the ups and ups and downs, you know, a lot of downs at the beginning of the year to where eventually it came to now. I mean, I had tears rolling out my eyes a little bit because I, I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't supposed to go to the Pan Am Games. Um, I, I got the opportunity to go because our one of our teammates uh, who, who had earned his way was hurt. And, and he opted to back out because he... Um, he didn't feel like he could be 100%, and he was he he was looking out for the team, uh, which was big on him to be able to make that decision, as any of us I think would, because when you wear those three letters on your back, you know the the first part of that is all team. Just just a ton of emotion that came out. You know, I I, I heard a little bit because I wish I wish we could have gotten a medal in the doubles event and gotten uh, my teammate Brandon Bonta um, a medal in his first Pan Am Games because you know he earned his way. I mean, he was the number one qualifier after it was all said and done as to, as to who was gonna get to go at 20 years old. So I really wanted to do what we could to try to get him a medal as well. So I, I hurt for him, like I felt terrible because the only two events we bowl are a doubles event and a singles event. Normal Team USA competitions, we get, you know, we have a singles and a doubles and a trios, then a team, like, so there's many opportunities to win a medal. So. 
it, it hurt it hurt a little bit you know f- for that but uh but it just it was just wild like just everything that had has has transpired this year and then for it for my year to kind of end off like that i couldn't have asked for anything else what did you do with the medal it's sitting on my mantle right now until uh, until it gets packed away uh, for my move. Uh, I'm getting ready to move uh, to uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, with my girlfriend. We had that in the plan uh, all year long, but uh, but then we decided that you know we were going to throw something in the middle of all that, and we're expecting our first child uh, in March. Congratulations! Thank you. So a lot has when I say a lot has transpired this year. There is a lot that has gone on. What about the ball? The ball. Uh, no. Will you keep using? Using it, or is that just um, one you're going to put away? I actually, I actually use it a little bit, you know, here and there. But I, uh, I, I think I'm going to be drilling some new stuff going into this next tour season. Uh, so that one is going to get tucked away with with the medal and everything that I had won or that I earned from Santiago. Uh, you know, my my credentials with all the pins of all the countries. They give us they gave us a little uh, like stuffed bird that is their their national bird. They call it a few. And uh, so they gave us one of those that has the Pan Am medal on it. So that'll go next to it. And then I'll have the ball and my jersey and, and the medal all, you know, eventually in my finished basement, uh, it'll have its own special slot uh, down there because, you know, it really did mean a lot. Very cool. So this has been home where we're sitting right now. Like you told me, you learned to walk four feet from where we're, sit, st- we're sitting talking this interview. Now you got to pick up and have a whole new home. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, this will always be home for me. Um, you know, they the people here know that uh, the owner uh, the guy who runs the pro shop has been here my whole life uh, they all know that this is my home you know here in, in Fox Bowl in Wheaton uh, is where I do a lot of my practicing as well I bowl league up there I uh, actually just bowled league last night so I have I have kind of two homes down here that I, I bowl a lot at uh, but now you know moving to where we're going to be at my my girlfriend's family actually owns a bowling center uh, in Kenosha so I'll get I'll definitely get a lot of time bowling there as well uh, the people there have been great and very receptive of me kind of coming up there and you know they enjoy having me around I enjoy being around them because everyone up there loves bowling and and I love that but you said you bowled league last night yeah when you came back <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you came back as for one day at least the best bowler in the world what did your what did your league mates say well I'll tell you the uh, the night after I had landed uh, back in Chicago at like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning uh, after traveling all night I had to bowl league that night up in Kenosha where I'm where I'm moving to um, and I showed up everyone just started clapping when I walked in uh, you know the leagues up there are you know they're they're smaller so their bowling centers 20 lanes um, and we probably take up about half the bowling center so I walk in and you know everyone's clapping people are coming up to me giving me hugs congratulating me they all watched because uh, Allie my girlfriend tried to get up the the live stream to be able to watch it so they all got to see it uh, they had when I won my first title earlier in the year in Sweden uh, the bowling center on Sunday morning they have a big they have a really big league on Sunday mornings at, at their center they had a they stopped bowling and they turned the TV on and turned on the live stream from for uh, uh, for the event and they watched the whole stepladder uh, and watched me win uh, at the bowling center. So, you're I, being welcomed with open arms. I, yeah, and it was. I, I can't ask for you know much more. I don't. I don't ask for that stuff. Like I, I it's think cool it's cool. Anyway. It is. It is. And you know to know that all of us. You know, especially you know my girlfriend. Whenever I travel, like everything is. 
you know, people take care of her. Um, you know, they really take care of us and, and they welcome us with open arms and enjoy us being around. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty easy move uh, going up there. You said it. I thought it. The Pan Am Games are as close to the Olympics as bowling gets. Yeah. And so just out of curiosity, why? Why isn't bowling an Olympic sport? Uh, you know, we could probably sit here for another half hour just on that topic alone. Um, you know, it, it's pretty frustrating. It, 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 it's very frustrating uh, for us because we've made the final ballot in front of the National Olympic Committee twice. And the first time we were picked over for break dancing, rock climbing, surfing and skateboarding. Surfing and skateboarding, you have the X Games, like that's your Olympics. They've never been in. Bowling, I would say probably behind soccer, is one of the most participated sports in the entire world. And that was always one of their arguments. And we never really understood that because they, like, I don't understand why, you know, they think that when bowling is as widely participated as it is. Bowling is also one of the longest sports in the entire world, you know, one of the longest standing. I mean, the Egyptians were bowling back in the pyramid days. Like, there's a lot of history to the sport that just doesn't make sense. You know, at one point it was in the Olympics. It was a, it was a uh, exhibition. Uh, one year, one time Yeah, around. it was a yeah. one time around. The other part of it too is like, I just don't think the National Olympic Committee really understands our sport. They don't understand that, you know, somebody that goes up and throws, a, that looks like a picture-perfect shot. Form is perfect, everything looks good, they're odd balance, everything is great. That person's shot can get nine. Someone else goes up there and just kind of waddles up there and they just kind of chuck it down the middle of the lane. They could get all 10 pins to fall. They don't understand that because they judge sports by how, you know, that person did everything picture perfect. They were flawless. They get a higher score than somebody that did it. And so it, they don't really understand, like, the two sides of that. And then our playing field with the, with the oil. It's invisible. You know, how do they make it fair for lefties, righties, two-handers, one-handers? You know, how do they make that completely fair? You know, that's, that's another tough debate when it comes to that stuff. So I hope that one day we get to that point where, you know, we, we've, we just end up forcing their hand and saying, you know what, we just have to let bowling in. We have to have that sport in the Olympics uh, because it's – it is a it's an awesome sport you know I, I've, other guys that play other sports you know that that are really successful in their sport um, Mookie Betts Terrell Owens Chris Paul they all think bowling is cool they think it's awesome and we need everybody else we need all the people all the people the Olympic Committee and and uh, the higher-ups of of big companies to also think that so that way bowling gets to that top pinnacle level of professional sports. Well, it's for all ages because we started with the high schoolers at the other end, and then we've got the seniors today. Yeah, that's so. right. From from the age of two all the way to the age of 82, you can you can play this sport. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looped in Chicago, produced, hosted, and edited by me, Jim Hankey, with interview audio conducted and provided by Rick Gregg. WBBM's news director is Craig Schwalb, and our managing producer of national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan. We are now on TikTok, and you can find us there at WBBM News Radio 105.9. And all our other social media and ways to connect can be easily found at WBBMNewsRadio.com slash follow. Thanks for listening, and we'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you again soon. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.